coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Rebo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Chris Wilson Barnes. You know, that just joke doesn't work when there's no one else to talk to mention. And no one else, because Stan is not here with us tonight. I'm going to say bad things about God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a spoiler alert for you, because tonight uh, we're going to have a uh, less structured, uh, just more uh, kind of off-the-cuff t- off discussion than we normally have. We're uh, skirting in here at the very last minute on the 30th of November, getting this episode online so that I could say we did one this month. Um, but tonight we are going to be discussing video games. One of me and Chris's favorite things that I don't think, well, you, you have a little bit more time than I do, but something I desperately wish I had more time for. I'm not familiar with that movie, Dave. Which one is that? I know. <laughs> Well, you know, we started this podcast under the premise of talking about all multimedia, not just movies. And then we went for like three years doing movie-themed discussions. And uh, it's been a long... Have we ever talked video games on here? Yes, but years ago, like you said. Yeah, uh, that's right, because I was thinking, and it's related to one of the games I'm going to talk about, we did a, a top 20 or like top five video games of the last 20 years that's right it was part of our 2019 yeah it was a big countdown we did that's right the end of the uh end of the um two decades a little 20-year retrospective (laughs) oh boy the last three years have been rough on me um so anyway within the uh last year the three of us i'm including stan even though he's not here the three of us all came into possession of playstation 5s which at one point was a rarity I'm sad dogs couldn't be with us tonight because one of my jokes was going to be, let's just sit here and, and uh, bully dogs into ordering one live. Yeah, well, I also kind of wish dogs had been here with us, but also I think we would have only heard about like GTA 5 and uh, Skyrim for the last That's or, okay. for the next hour. I mean, it's not like their publishers have done anything different currently. It's true. <laughs> Those two games have been surviving for the last 10 years with only minor HD updates that still sell like hotcakes. Yeah, and they've only just now announced their successors with uh, with minor details on, on like GTA 6 coming out. Other than the fact that GTA 6 is going to be like one of the biggest video games of all time. It better be. <laughs> well, yeah, after 10 years of development, I would hope so. Um, uh, what, there, it was like a staggeringly large number, which is saying something considering Modern Warfare 3 just came out and yeah. it's 250 gigs. Like the majority of the hard drive for a new PlayStation 5 that hasn't been upgraded in any way. That's gotten out of control, mostly because it's like they, they don't do anything to like uh i don't know the exact word but just like do anything to like really actually compress the size. they don't like go out of their way to like get rid of any excess or bloat in the in the in the file size so it's it's getting to the point where if you have a base like console system like a ps5 or an xbox and you haven't upgraded the memory at all you may only be able to download like one of those games and that's it unless you have like a, a a backup drive 
Well, I haven't upgraded the onboard storage in mine, but I get the feeling I'm going to have to have you help me with that because you upgraded yours, right? I did. It's really, it's actually really easy because I think, well, they I, it, honestly, they all but admitted they knew it wouldn't be a large enough amount with, that they had started with. So they made it really easy to just pop it open, install a, a new like solid, uh, solid drive, and um, and you just go, and it'll automatically pick up and format it, and get, it'll be good to go. Well, that's going to have to happen eventually because I've got an external hard drive plugged into mine. Um, but as it is with the little less than 500 gigs that you actually get on a brand new PS5 hard drive, mm-hmm. I have got, I think, five games total. Yeah. And the uh, meanwhile, the other night I booted up my Xbox for the first time. My Xbox uh, one. Mm-hmm. So I'm a generation behind on the Xbox, but I booted that up and I was looking at my game library. Xbox's hard drive is roughly the same. I think it's also 500 gigs. I have dozens yeah. of games on that. Meanwhile, uh, all of my old PS4 games are on the external hard drive, but I have five, I think. Um, I've got Jedi Survivor, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 1, yep. Midnight Suns, um, Spider-Man 2, and Resident Evil uh, for remake. I think out of all of those, Midnight Suns is probably the smallest one. It is. That was about to say. It's Spider-Man being the largest and... Um, Mortal Kombat 1 is like, what, about 100 gigs? Uh, yeah, I think it was 100 gigs. Yeah. And uh, Jedi Survivor was around that as well. I think it was like 115. That sounds about right, unfortunately. Wait, but good God. the the When I read the Modern Warfare 3, I, I had a vague interest in playing it because mm-hmm. I do occasionally enjoy the Modern Warfare games. Um, I haven't played one in years, and I've never played one brand new. Um so it was going to be the sort of thing where like a year from now when it was 25 bucks, I might pick it up. But when I read that it was 250 gigs, I said, no. See, that's, see at this point, those games are for people. And like, if that's like 80% of all you play is that F or other FPSs, the modern shooters, especially because, and it's so weird to me that it's that big because it's like, that has to be going to like mostly multiplayer. Because it's oh. like, like there's almost nothing to their, their solo campaigns. No, the campaign for Modern Warfare 3 is only about four hours long. Yeah. Which, like, the, it, I, I was under the impression that uh, multiplayer is what most uh, Modern Warfare players are there for. Right. Uh, the only campaign out of any of them that I've actually played was uh, the first Modern Warfare 2 in, like, 2008, 2009? Yeah. I don't remember. Um and it was only because my internet was so shitty at that point that I couldn't do multiplayer. Um, but in all the subsequent games that I have played, the Call of Duty games, it's been all multiplayer. Which seems like a shame because it's like that's a good way to actually pull in more people. Yeah, it's like because there's plenty of people like me. It's like I, I would not, I would not want to deal with multiplayer or online multiplayer. But I could, I could, I, I wouldn't say no to trying out like a solo campaign. Well, that's what blew my mind is reading about people complaining about um, the the length of the campaign because I was like, oh, you guys actually play the campaign? I thought that was just like a cursory afterthought for most Modern Warfare players. But no, apparently it is very much, um, it is something, a small contingent, but a vocal contingent of players were there for. Um, meanwhile, like I'm, I'm a slightly better than average Call of Duty player. Yeah. I, I am just good enough at it to where I can play the first couple of 
uh, you know, a couple of nights till I gain a few levels and then I'm immediately outclassed by teenagers <laughs> who kill me with one shot and I finish matches like with that, no kills. That's because they can dedicate time to it like it's their job. Exactly. Yeah. And it's infuriating because <laughs> I want to enjoy these games and to an extent I do. But then I always end up just getting murder fucked by 12 year olds. Yeah. And, uh, it loses its luster. Who may or may not have done things to your mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a um, there's there's an in joke among our friends, and I know most podcast listeners are like in jokes. Those are the things that we love. Um, yeah, it brings everyone in. Yeah, we were having a dude's night at my old apartment. Um, you were there for this, right? The, the when I was playing Call of Duty. I want to say yes, but I can't remember. Um, there were several of us there, and I had it set so that um, the uh, I wasn't wearing a headset. I I never talked to the other players. I I don't. I'm not a particular fan of a 12-year-old telling me I f- he fucked my mom, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was there for that one, but I have been there. I was there in the past for times when you played Halo online. <laughs> yes, and uh, instead of coming through a headset, the other player's um, audio was coming through my TV speakers. So we were playing a zombies match in Call of Duty, and I had like trying to, I tried to get into a corner where I could have a 180-degree view of the room. Yeah not realizing when I did it that somebody was behind me or that somebody had gotten behind me. And I've never been creative with my names on these systems. It's always been D.B. Hensley. Yeah. If, if you want to seek me out on PlayStation or Xbox, just it's the same thing as my Instagram. It's D.B. Hensley. Um, so all of a sudden, out of the speakers, I hear somebody speaking my name going, Hensley, Hensley, you're blocking me. You're blocking me, bitch. <laughs> And I was like, what in the fuck is happening? So I moved, like walked slightly forward. And then all of a sudden there is another uh, player character standing next to me. But it just blew my mind that, that it, it was a lot, held a lot better than, you know, I fucked your mom or whatever. But still having somebody hundreds of miles, <laughs> potentially thousands of miles away saying, Hansley, you're blocking me, bitch. That one quote has been... <laughs> Uh, memorized amongst all the people there and still gets brought up often. <laughs> um, anyway, that was a long way of saying video games. We love them. I wish we had more time to play them. It's true. Um, Chris, uh, since you have obtained your PS5, what have you been playing? Or even well, before that? Well, uh, in general, I mean, not, for, I mean, not, not particularly uh, per- to me, but it's just like, for in general, I don't know if you've been paying attention. 2023 has been like a pretty good year. It's like solid year for games. This has been, I think, the best year for video games in a long time. But possibly since like the year that uh, GTA 5 and Skyrim came out. Yeah, yeah, really big. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was big for me personally because I got a PS5 this year finally. Um, and uh, But before that, I mean, I, I kind of wrote down a list. I went back and looked at all the stuff I've been messing around with. And um, I, I, there, were, there were quite a few things I did, I did play this year. Um, the, fir- the first thing I want to talk about is an interesting game. I, I don't know how much patience a lot of people have, would have for this, but there's a game that's, that was... It started, as a, um, it started as a mod for either Half-Life or Team Fortress. It's called The Stanley Parable. Oh, it's Half-Life, I'm pretty sure. Um, I have not heard of this. Yeah, it's an, it was an old one and that eventually spun off and became its own game. And I think in early, late 2022, early 2023, uh, came to consoles. And the whole, the, whole, the whole of the game is you are in control of a character named Stanley, first person, 
um, who who wakes is like just comes to in his office and realize everyone else is gone and he's trying to find his way out. And as you're trying to navigate this, suddenly there's a narrator who is narrating the events. And uh, as you come to find out, the narrator has an idea of how this story should go, but you still have control. So the whole thing becomes a gigantic exercise in a meta-narrative uh, that, is, that was expanded when it was brought to consoles. There was a big update to it. Uh, and the whole thing is just an experiment in screwing with the narrative, honestly. Fantastic. It's, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. And it's, it's, it's also great because the only person who speaks is the narrator. Uh, and it's usually combative. So you're basically going against God. Essentially, the voice of God, at least. It's like, well, it's like, well, one of the first things you can do is you can, you, 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 you are all, you're given a choice at almost every step to go along with the story or fuck with it, go back onto the story, keep going, keep deviating. There's just so many different ways. It's it as if go. God is saying, don't cross that street and you go, fuck you. I do what I want. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I can get behind that. I love shit it, like that. It is, yeah. I would, I would recommend it if it, if you ever see it on sale to try it, to get it and try it out because it's 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 interesting and it's, it's it goes places. It goes a lot of different places. That's that's just how I live my life, <laughs> not in video game form. Just fuck you. I do what I want. <laughs> and then I also played um, back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Uh, Telltale Games released uh, new released new point and click games starring Sam and Max, Freelance Police. Um, it had been years since they had last, since there had been games for them, so not since Hit the Road, like the old LucasArts one. Uh, and they, they did a total of three, but well, they had remastered the first two in the series, uh, and I played through most of it, and uh, they're really fun. They're, re- they're really interesting. They're, they're a lot of fun, and they keep a lot of the humor from the characters. Um, I thought that was really great. Uh, I played... Uh, there was, there was a remaster of a game called Pac-Man World, which came out early, the early PlayStation 1 era. Um, where it was basically a 3D platforming run and jump uh, game starring Pac-Man, um, and you're trying to rescue your his friends and family and, and beat uh, his nemesis. Who uh, and it was it, it's a really fun game. Uh, I have not beaten it though. Uh, I got to the last level, the final boss, and his patterns are so infuriating. I gave up. I've I've yet to go back and try again. Um, I played a game I got on sale called A Short Hike, which is it's not really it's it's um the not not really a walking simulator but it's kind of a game where the whole point is just to explore the area and there's stuff to accomplish and there's an overall goal to accomplish but you play a a young it, it's a it, the, all the characters are anthropomorphic animals and you play a young bird uh who is trying to hike up a mountain where they're vacationing at and you're meeting all the people and you're doing various things those, it's one of those games, it's, it's very much a chill-out game. It's very much a chill game where you just take your time and do whatever you want in it. Um, let's see, and then once I got the PS5, I played uh, Astro's Playroom, the game that comes with it, which is, a, which is a lot of fun. It's a game where you go through these various play areas that represent 
uh, all of PlayStation's history in their games. I wasn't even aware that this was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on the console. Really? Yes. Yeah. I uh, have not noticed this. Yeah, it should be on there, and if it's not, you can download it. If because once it once it detects you have the PS5, it's free with it. So okay, I'm gonna have to look yeah. for that. It's just a little. It's like a very simple platformer where they want you to. And it, it, the whole point of it is, yeah, go through PlayStation's history, and also it teaches various uh, levels teach you the ins and outs of the new hardware of the PlayStation, especially the controller and what you can do with it. Like that's like it's supposed to. It, it has a level that helps you learn the context sensitive bumpers, and all that. Interessante. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. check that out. It's yeah, it's, it's a nice little platformer. Um, uh, the game I got the the game you got me for my birthday, uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, which uh, which I know we discussed this at length. It was it was a fun game. Uh, it it feels a little weird as a as an actual console game because it's like I, I like it's not bad. It it feels like a mobile game that escaped though. <laughs> oh, that's a very fair assessment. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a deck building combat game. Uh, and then you run around in between and you build social relationships and it's like basically like you do your dailies in between and you yeah. get new stuff and you make new stuff and then you go out on the missions. It's, it's very fun for what it is, though. Yeah. Oh, it's, I loved it. And, the, and, the, and it's, a, it's, got a, it's got a very interesting uh, story to it, too. It, it, it's, a, it's a major game that focuses on like the mystical side of Marvel, which isn't something that gets done often. Yeah, I loved this game. I'm going to talk about it more at length when it gets around to me. I'll let you do that. Okay, so let's see. I've got... Okay, so I'm I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna there's one uh, there's a couple more, but the one I'm gonna end on is gonna be the weirdest one. Uh, I, so er, earlier this year, a couple months back, uh, they released a new Double Dragon game called Double Dragon Gaiden: The Rise of the Dragons, and it's a new Double Dragon arcade game. Uh, basically, it's kind of a, 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 a minor reboot. Or it's basically like the original game, but it, they've 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 taken a lot of the concepts from like the mainly like the first three games and mixed them all together. And not only can you play as the Lee brothers, uh, you play as a new character they made up for the game, and Marion is playable. And I have to admit, Marion is my favorite character because she is, in this, in this version, she is a cop for the city. It's the post-apocalypse still. Um, and she's a cop for the city, and her power is gun. Love it. Yes. Uh, it's like Billy and Jimmy Lee each either focus on kicks or punches. Uh, they have a big bruiser type character now, and Marion has a gun, <laughs> which is great because it, it it keeps people off of you. Nice. But yeah, it, it's they took a lot of interesting uh, concepts. They they added them to the to the beat 'em up. The nicest thing about it is there's a lot of replayability because there are basically four big stages. Um, well, big relative to how you play them. Like the first stage you play, you clear one area, fight the boss, and then after that the next stages get tougher like the next one you the next stage you choose now you have to clear two areas and then the boss and then the last two you clear like all three areas of the level and then the boss so it depends so how much of a challenge you have with each main area depends on who you choose in what order okay which, which makes it it makes it a lot of fun and then at, after that you have an option of cashing out and I'll, I'll explain that in a second and, or going on to a final final level and the, the point of cashing out is you earn, you earn uh, tokens through points in this game, and the tokens are used to unlock things uh, to add to the game. Like, there's a section where you can unlock music from the game, or for older games and from the game. There's concept art you can unlock. And the, the most important thing you can unlock 
is all of the mini bosses and main bosses from the game you can unlock using tokens to fight to fight with and play through the game. Nice. They all have their own complete moves and everything. Now, the only point of reference that I have for Double Dragon mm-hmm. is the terrible <laughs> 90s film, which I feel like we should talk about, but I also know is a very popular episode of How Did This Get Made? And as much as I love that podcast, I try on all things not to just be a uh, proxy of how did this get made? Well, I would say they, they did one, they did it years ago. And two, I mean, they don't really, they talk about aspects of the movie. They don't talk about the much about the movie itself. We right. Could, we could get away with it. It's <laughs> I mean, what a ridiculous movie it is. And I know they recently remastered it into Blu-ray. Plus, you got to see Robert Patrick as the bad guy. <laughs> yes. Hamming it up, having the time of his fucking life. This was either right before or right after he did T2. It was after, yeah. Right after. Yeah. <laughs> this was the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I got, uh, oh, my friend Jay got me Sonic Origins for, um, for my birthday. And that, that is really fun because it is all of the classic Sonic games. Sonic 1 through 3, Sonic CD. Um and it's just it's remixed so that you can uh, you can play as Sonic Tails, Knuckles, or Amy Rose, like all the the newer characters that came through. Uh, and an update came where they they added on more stuff. They added on a bunch of the original Game Gear games too. Yeah, so it's a huge collection now. I can't remember where we were at, but one night me and Katie were at uh, an arcade bar, mm-hmm. and. They had consoles set up like at the bar. They had TVs behind the bar where you could play different consoles. And yeah. I was like, I saw a classic Sega. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck me, I haven't played um, Sonic the Hedgehog in like since the 90s. I yeah. want to. Uh, so I sat down and started playing the original Sonic the Hedgehog. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucking bad at this. How did I do this as a <laughs> well, child? Well, here's the thing Sonic, the original Sonic, Sonic 1, is odd because. Despite the fact that the series became known for gotta go fast and be fast, that game constantly stops you. Yeah. It, it really does. Like, it didn't really, like, let loose until Sonic 2. But, yeah, the first one is kind of an outlier in that, in that way. Yeah. Where it's like they encourage you to try and go fast, and then they put a bunch of stuff in your way to stop you. <laughs> a bunch of weird platforming. And then um, there's a bunch of things that I... I, I they're not, they weren't new games I played this year. But there was stuff I carried over. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There's a series called Cook, Serve, Delicious. I have not heard um, of that. This is a computer game. It is on consoles, except for the first one. But the entire point of it is um, you, ha- you have your own restaurant, uh, and you ha- every day you have to choose, choose a menu based on foods you've bought. And as customers come in, you have to prepare that, get it out to them properly, and then try and keep up with the orders as they come in. You, do, you have to take care of like restaurant chores. It's basically an arcade type of like cooking thing. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's it, it, what's funny is the first one is very very basic and very just you know um, very like I said just very arcadey. And then as the with the second and third one, there's only been there's there's a fourth one, but it's not like it's still in early access. But with the second and third one, you also get a bunch of weird background lore to things that are happening. Like this is technically in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> And, that, yeah, you get a bunch of background information on things that have happened. You're running a fancy <laughs> restaurant post-apocalypse? Yes. Well, I guess people have to eat somewhere. It's true. Now, see, me and Katie have been watching The Bear. Yeah. And so I hear you talk about, like, running a restaurant and preparing food for people, and mm-hmm. I just think, no. <laughs> if The Bear has taught me anything, it's that I can never, ever work in a restaurant. Yeah. 
I get from everything I hear about restaurant life, it is just too screamy and angry for me. I, I, I people think I smoke a lot now. Oh yeah, no, it's that's a, a notorious thing. I, remember, I, I never uh, paid much attention to Anthony Bourdain, but way back in the day, I read a book called Waiter Rant, which is kind of the same thing except front of the house. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, yeah, it was a whole bunch of that kind of thing too. Let's see. Um, I, I, I was, I've also been, still been playing off and on uh, uh, Fall Guys, which is a fun, a fun game. It's free to play now uh, because, they, because basically they make their money off like cosmetics and stuff. But it's like a, um, you, you basically control this little bean type character as they go through like different various obstacle courses. And it's like, it's like a, an elimination show, except you just you play these little bean characters. And it's actually a lot of fun. It's very, very interesting. Um, that one's pretty pretty popular. I, I check in every once in a while, though. I don't keep up with that. One. I'm still I'm still kind of playing through Lego Star Wars. There's still a whole bunch to that. Yeah. And uh, and and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Shredder's Revenge because they dropped DLC this year um, that added new color palettes and everything in it and basically a survival mode. Nice. Yeah, which makes it fun. So the 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 last one for me to talk about is it's another chill out game in a way. Um, it's it's interesting because it's either, when you hear the concept, you're either all about it. You're either like, that's interesting. I'll, I'll try it, or you're like, absolutely not. It is, in my opinion, like the best of the simulator games because you know there's a whole host of those. Yeah. Because this farming one, simulator, right? Those kind of thing. Not that one. Oh, okay. Um, this one started life on on like as a Steam game and I finally got ported to consoles, which is when I finally jumped on it to play. This is called Power Wash Simulator. And the entire point of it is you're a guy who runs a power wash company, and as you, uh, and you are uh, doing various jobs, cleaning stuff down with your power washer, and as you progress, you buy more powerful tools, and you, and you get, so you can get your jobs done faster. Um, and it really is the gameplay hook is it's actually, it's pretty calming, and it's post-apocalyptic. No, <laughs> but there I mean there is a bunch of weird shit going on in the background. <laughs> Uh, not it's 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 uh, bumping right up against the apocalypse essentially. Uh, if oh. you, if you pay attention to what's happening in the background, there's some sort of strange thing like uh, hap- there's some sort of strange weird uh, thing happening in the background that they are trying to investigate and stop. And you get more mixed into that. Not you don't actually have to do anything about it, but you 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 get more of that story as it goes on because uh, you'll get texts about it. And then you'll have to clean certain things, and they'll explain here's why here's why it's so dirty. And it's like, and there's also a level where you clean a weird stone monument that is somehow connected to everything. It it is, but but that's just you know just to keep people kind of on on the hook in terms of like oh what is happening what, what am I doing what am I actually cleaning right now? The other parts of it is just like you just take on you do there's like vehicles you can do there's levels where it's just like just this immense bathhouse, and the hook you know, like I said the hook if you're interested in it is just going through and just cleaning this absolutely filthy area down and uh and getting it done because it and it, when you finish at the end you get a quick like almost like a gif of your cleaning down everything from start to finish you get to watch that as like a highlight and then you move on and it's just it's it's a it's a time killer in a fun way i think because it's like it, and like i said if you're not into that you know you're definitely not going to want to touch it right um, and I like, like really the only thing I, bad I have to say about it is sometimes depending on the, the the architecture of what you're cleaning, it can be maddeningly pixel perfect. 
there's like a button you can use to highlight where dirty things are and there's a point where it's like you you may have missed some weird pixel and so you hit the button and nothing flashes and it's like what the fuck am i supposed to clean here yeah no that would drive me insane understandable but it's like in a, in a and i and i have actually taken a break from it but it's like there there have been more than a few days where it's just like five hours straight oh good lord when you could be outside actually power washing that's messy yeah that's true <laughs> that's it that's my rundown that's everything i've been playing this year except for one thing which i think we can talk about together yeah yeah because we've both been on that train um yeah, since obtaining the my PS5, the first thing that I did as soon as I got it home was immediately download a Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That's what I thought, yeah. Um, which I didn't 100% on it, uh, but I came damn close. I just lost my patience with some of the weirder, more hidden things. But I'm, I'm in love with this series. This one and the first one, Fallen Order. One of the better current Star Wars stories. It really is. It might be the best, like, outside of the films, this might be the best side project. You know, loved the Mandalorian, loved um, Andor. I actually haven't finished Andor, oh. sadly. I need to go back and do that one of these days. But I loved Ahsoka. But mm-hmm. as far as like the non Skywalker related things go, um, Fallen Order and Survivor have been phenomenal. Um, so from there, I went on and downloaded um, Midnight Suns, yes. which I ended up getting you for your birthday. That was a time suck of a game that I loved every minute of. Uh, it, it really is like, like yeah you you hit it on the, another that's another good one that'll suck you in where it's like i was i was i was kind of on the fence about it but at the same time i was like okay let me go a little bit further and see what happens next well the, like you touched on the gameplay of it which is weird and takes some getting used to like mm-hmm. the mechanics of it are very complicated i ended up really falling in love with the story and the characters yeah, yeah. especially the weird side characters who don't get a whole lot of love like, this is a video game where you can choose Iron Man and Captain America, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man. But the most fun characters to interact with throughout the story, because you play as an original character who is at, um, oh God, what do they call the the Abbey? Yes. Where the Midnight Suns are located. And the Midnight Suns are like a C or D squad of Avengers backups, basically, mm-hmm. who handle supernatural threats. Uh, it's Blade. And, and you're a resurrected uh, son of Lilith. Right. Yep. Uh, Demon Hunter. Yep. And so the main team is Blade, the Robbie Riaz Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. Magic, Nico Minoru, and uh, who am I missing? There's a fifth one in there. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. But she, she doesn't factor in immediately. Right. And then there's the, the I forget what her name is, the Guardian or whatever. The, the Caretaker. One. Caretaker, excuse me. Yeah. Um, man, like... Like I said, it's fun to play as Iron Man and Captain America, but when you're running around, you're having to interact with characters and build up their friendship levels Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of that. Oh, Doctor Strange is right. Doctor Strange is there, yeah. Um, I just had so much fun interacting with these characters. Like Mm -hmm. At different points in the game, you can go and hang out at the pool on the property and uh, just have a pool party with Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. You have to plan a surprise birthday party for somebody at one point. And it's just, it is so ridiculous in a game where that is very high stakes. Yes. Like Lilith, the mother of demons, wants to come back and is using Hydra to try to take over the world. But you can say fuck all of that for long periods of time 
And it, because it has a day and night cycle, like you get up in the morning, you train, you interact with characters, yeah. then you go off and you do a mission and you come back at night and you, you do some more of night that. Night stuff. Yeah. And depending on who you've talked to, that may include uh, that may include a book club. Yes, there is a book club. Uh, you have movie nights with Spider-Man. It's it's hilarious and like genuinely like heartwarming stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it keeps track of how long you play. I don't know how much you got up to because you haven't finished yet. Have I have you? not finished. No, um, I'm, I, I'm a good sixty something days in. I think I finished like. 120 something days yeah and that's only because i got through every all the story related stuff until like the last mission and i was like no i'm gonna keep leveling characters up doing side stuff eventually i'll run out of side stuff and it's gonna make me do the the final mission i don't think you will ever (laughs) like i think it just keeps generating new missions for you and finally i hit a point where i was like oh god i have to actually finish this game at some point Lilith is looking at a watch. Yeah, like the well, the rest of the world is looking at a watch. Like, is the Midnight Sun? Are the Midnight Suns going to help, or are they going to keep doing weird side shit while the threat of getting wiped out looms over us? Um, really great game. Loved it. Highly recommend if you're into that sort of thing. It is like Chris said, a card game, um, which is hard to describe, but it is very much like a. Basically, uh, you build a deck, and it's it's kind of like an isometric uh, grid where your characters are and you have to position them and attack and you can use the environment and the basically the cards that you um, acquire or, or create um, by leveling up characters or, or, or fusing completing things, missions, completing missions, fusing things together, the cards you get and create, you can swap in and out and build your deck that way. Uh, and depending on who you have in, well, you, well, you, you, you basically build the deck by having cards set for each character. Yeah. You have to be strategic about how you play them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to be strategic about which characters you bring with you because you've got like heavy damage dealers who can't take a whole lot of damage. You've got buff characters that also can't take a lot of damage, but then you've got your classic tanks. Um, I just, I had a blast. Uh, Once I really got rolling and had figured out the mechanics, I fell in love with it. Um, after that, like that took up the majority of my summer, and then I went and got cast in a show and didn't play it for two months. You know who's surprisingly sympathetic in that game? Eddie Brock. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. There's a DLC that adds Venom, Deadpool, Storm, and who's the last one I'm missing? Uh, Morbius. Mor- that's right. Morbius. Uh, it was Storm and poor Storm and Morbius. I never took them on any missions. I had the lowest friendship levels with them. Didn't unlock any of their. I mean, I'm eventually going to do it, but I just I, they're 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 low on the list, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Midnight Suns highly recommended. There's going to be a pattern that emerges here that uh, that listeners might realize, um, which is that video games are expensive, and they therefore are. I find myself very hesitant to try new IPs. I find myself con- constantly going back to things that I'm. Either no, like remakes that I know I'm going to love or established IPs that I'm pretty sure I'm going to like. It's the unfortunate reality of getting older because that, I mean, that games being more expensive plus having limited time, you want to delve into something that you know you're going to enjoy. And plus, you, you know, you're going to, since it costs so much, you're going to want to deal, you know, make sure it's either playable for a long time or replayable a lot. Yeah. Um, so like Fallen Order and Survivor, Star Wars games, Midnight Sun is a Marvel game. The next one I'm going to talk about has been running for 30 years now. Um, 
Mortal Kombat. Yes. Mortal Kombat 1, not 12. <laughs> or uh, as It's 1-2. Yes, exactly. Mortal Kombat 1-2. Uh, came out back in September. Um, and this one has a special place in my heart. One, just because I, I love the Mortal Kombat series. It's a great time waster. It's a lot of fun. But it's also the only video game that Katie will play and play with me. Like She has fond memories of playing it with her brother when they were kids. Um, so we have a lot of fun just picking characters and button mashing and <laughs> we don't really care which one wins. It's just fun to see what fucked up things we can make these characters <laughs> do. Like what kind of fucked up powers do you, does this person have? What, what does their fatality look like? Um, so it was one that like when it first came out, I played really hard for like two weeks. I finished the story. I finished invasions, which is a new mode. And then, like, I didn't touch it for a month and a half until they've got a tiered DLC plan going on. Because me being me, of course, I bought the deluxe version. It was smart that you did, because have you seen the prices on this, on the stuff? I have not. and um, It's ridiculous. There is, I don't know which one it is, but there's a, I want to say at least $10 fatality they have. In oh, the holiday fatality. Yes, that Chris. Um, Yeah, that's something that people are very upset about right now. NetherRealm Studios is milking the hell out of this game. They really are. In the pay-to-play format. Um, because, yeah, for Halloween, they uh, dropped a $10 holiday fat- fatality. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing more than, like, you... Uh, Whatever character you're playing as when you do this fatality, you, I, I, I watched a video of it because I refused to pay for it, and most people did. Um, but you like you put a pumpkin on somebody's head. And, Wait, are you and, telling me it wasn't even included in what you paid for? No, it wasn't. Wow. It was separate. Oh, my God. The deluxe version gets you, um, or it got you early access to all the DLC characters. Right. Uh, like a week early. And Johnny Cage's um, Jean-Claude Van Damme outfit. Yeah. And then, like, some minor other well, that's stuff. a straight-up skin, isn't it? Isn't it skin, it yeah, is JC, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah, it JC. is JCVD. Um, but so they released the first DLC character, which is Omni-Man yes. from Invincible, which has been a lot of fun to play with. So I've d- jumped back into it. I'm with doing season... J.K. Simmons voicing him, Yes. Right? That's nice. Which is something else people are pissed about, because um, not about uh, Omni-Man, but about Homelander. Yeah. Because Homelander from The Boys is going to be one of the DLC characters, but mm-hmm. they did not get Anthony Starr to voice him, and apparently didn't even ask him, according to Twitter. That's really surprising. Yeah, uh, and it like apparently uh, at some point earlier this year they added Homelander to I want to say Fortnite, mm-hmm. and they got Anthony Starr to voice him for that. Yeah. So no one is quite sure, including Anthony Starr, why they didn't ask him to do it for this. Curious. Yeah. Um, but the, the DLC for this one has been really interesting because in addition to Omni-Man and Homelander, we're also getting Peacemaker. That's right. Yes. And time will tell. I don't think we know yet whether or not John Cena is going to be the voice. If it's not, though, that's going to be like, who else is going to voice Peacemaker? It, uh, that would be even weirder, especially because John Cena will definitely do it. Like Anthony Starr would have done it, too. Yeah. I think John Cena will do damn near anything you ask of him. Mm-hmm. He was in the fucking Barbie movie. It, it's just it's, it's weird to me. It's like, it's like it. I don't I don't know what the communication there was. Uh, clearly, there wasn't any. It just seems weird yeah. that they wouldn't ask. It's just like because I, uh, I I know like J.K. Simmons. I don't know. I don't know. See, the, the thing to me is like if it wasn't just Nether Realms just completely not talking to him, 
maybe it was a miscommunication with the agent who said who probably said no but maybe because i've heard because that's happened to things before where some, where people where agents have jumped in and gone like no we're not doing that well and it, well no never mind i was gonna say it's a it might have been a rights thing but they have the rights to the character clearly yep. they're using it because yeah. i know with um Mortal Kombat 11, mm-hmm. they had some really great DLC for that as well. Uh, really fun guest characters that was supposed to have included Ash from the Evil Dead. Right. To the point where, if I remember correctly, I think Bruce Campbell recorded lines. Oh, yeah. And promoted it. And promoted it on yeah. his Twitter. And then it just never happened. Like, mm-hmm. he silently got dropped from the uh, promos. So weird. And then I think, uh, I think they replaced him with the Joker. Yeah. Which was even weirder. But anyway, so I've dived back into uh, Mortal Kombat 1. Like, the only other thing I can think of is, like, you, they got, like, image rights but not vocal rights. I don't know. Because it's, it's weird because, like, like, J.K. Simmons, of course, is, is, is I wouldn't say, he's, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't play hard to get because he's, in addition to acting, he's a prolific voice actor. Yeah. You know, like, like you know, you can't even, it's like he, he would never, like, present himself as above it even as an Academy Award winner. Right. And then, so the thing that Chris alluded to earlier is um, we have both been playing Spider-Man 2 since it came out. Yes. Um, which I have really enjoyed so far. Um, I have started to kind of agree with the consensus online that so far... No, I haven't finished it yet. And I, don't I haven't either, either, no. Not as good as the first or even as good as Miles Morales. But I'll make, I'll make that call once I finish. Same, Definitively. Yeah. Just because it's like... Every look, everyone always feels that way about a sequel, and I and I, I always is like, I'm just gonna wait because everyone seems to have that feeling about a sequel. Yeah. And I think some, I mean, some there's always valid criticism to that, but also there's always that feeling of nothing's ever gonna grab you as hard as the first time. Right. Nothing ever is. Right. And you and I think people forget to factor that in when they talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to finishing it. It's just a matter of time mm-hmm. because. Um, well, we can talk more about Spider-Man in a second. Um, in, a, I, in addition to that, um, I've been playing the Resident Evil 4 remake. That's right. You did. Yes. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the last time we did our top five video games when we were talking about the end of um, the roaring or we were entering the roaring 20s. Um, Resident Evil 4, the original from 2005, is one of my top five video games of all time. It was one of the reasons I wanted to get a PS5 in the first place, even though they did release it for the PS4. If I was going to do this, I was going to go whole hog. Oh, sure. Um, so I finally got it a few months ago, and I'm playing through it slowly because producer Kara Hayes, um, <laughs> the wife of David Tudogs Hayes, former host of This Is a Work, she loves horror video games, but she hates playing them. I'm the same way, honestly. Uh, um, so like, whenever she comes over, we usually will do our Hunt a Killer box, which is a whole separate thing, and then we'll play like one chapter of RE4 Remake. And it's just been a blast so far. Like it's the remake is every bit as good as the original. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the end. They did such a fantastic job with that game. Yeah, I'm really loving it. Um, but yeah, oh. Spider Man. Yes. Sorry, uh, I'll get to my thought in a second. We can finish on Spider Man. Um, what a weird sentence to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's got everything that the first one had that made it enjoyable. Time will tell when we get there whether the emotional beats of it really hit as hard as the first one did mm-hmm. because the first one is in the weird pantheon of video games that made me cry. Oh, the ending made me cry as well. Um, in fact, I watched a recap of a playthrough I had watched previously of you know, after I had played it um, and I rewatching the replay of the catch up. I cried again. 
Yeah, it's hard not to. I won't spoil it for anyone. It's it, God. The first one, the first Spider-Man video game, uh, is a masterpiece. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, and plus, it's just fun. Like the both games and Miles Morales too have a plethora of alternate suits that you can unlock and equip at any given point. It's it's so fun to change outfits between missions, which is again a oh, weird thing to say. One hundred percent. Now that I've got the symbiote suit, uh, the, one of the, one of the first things I did was I, when I unlocked it was I swapped it out for the comic symbiote suit. Ah, nice. I haven't done that yet. I've just been rocking the advanced suit with the symbiote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, loving it. Can't wait to finish it. What were you What were you going to say a second ago? I was on the uh, talking about Resident Evil Four. Reminded me. Um, so. I don't know how familiar you are with the series, but they but Alan Wake Two came out this year. Are you familiar with the series itself? I have heard of it. I know okay. it's another survival horror. I haven't played kind it. Kind of, yet. kind of. Well, I mean, it is survival horror in Alan Wake Two, uh, and there are like and and the the makers of the games Remedy. You you do kind of have to to get like uh, apparently like if you're playing gonna play that you would need to play the other games to get to uh, to get familiar. But I was gonna recommend they remastered the first one, Alan Wake. And I would say, like, if you have time, it's it's still it's relatively inexpensive. It might be on sale right now, actually, because they're doing their sales. But um, I would recommend the remaster of Alan Wake One. It's 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 interesting because in the vein of RE4, the first game is way more actiony uh, and play. It's it's very interesting. Um, there is a long list of things. Oh, I know. Are, I've got I've got my own cue. <laughs> yeah, because um, you've gotten me the Quarry and uh, Goat Simulator Three. Yes, uh, which I <laughs> am very uh, interested in diving into. Um, they released again. Going back to you know the old comforts, things that I know I'm going to enjoy. They released an update of uh, Dead Space earlier this That's year right. that I really yes, want to remaster dive into. the the remaster slash reboot of Dead Space. Which really, which did really well. Um, earlier this month, actually on the first of the month, they released um, the RoboCop video game. That's right, and which and was kind of like it could it had the potential to either be great or it had the potential to be garbage. And apparently, most people cons- are leaning. Toward, the consensus is good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to playing it. That's going to be one that's going to have to go on sale first, and then um, so. Friend of the pod and frequent collaborator Chris Neville, mm-hmm. because we know way too many Chris's. Um, he and his wife Robin and one of their friends have like a weekly game night oh, nice. where they do online gaming of older games on the Xbox. Oh, that's cool. Um, so a few weeks ago, he asked me if I wanted to jump in on it with them, and I said sure. And uh, so I end up I get it, I got Xbox Game Pass again because I had let that lapse, and uh, they were they're playing Gears of War three. And I've only ever played oh, wow. the first Gears of War way back in like yeah, 2006. Yeah. So I started downloading this and uh, expecting, all right, well, this was an Xbox 360 game originally. This mm-hmm. should not take any time at all to download. Well, my Xbox needed to update because I hadn't turned it on <laughs> in about six months. And that took about three hours. So then I call Chris and I'm like, hey, uh, the Xbox finally updated. I'm starting uh, to download Gears now. Should be done in no time. Two hours later, Jesus, it's like ten o'clock at night, and I'm like, I'm on the phone with him, like, fuck, man. Actually, no, I I had found my old Xbox headset and plugged it in, and was in a party <laughs> with Chris oh. and Robin and uh, their friend Byron. The three of them were all playing it, and I was just in the like on the party line with them, <laughs> like, well, you guys uh, have fun. 
I will hop in whenever this game finally fucking finishes downloading yeah. and uh, join you in a couple weeks. I make a point even if I haven't hopped on in a while just to just to like now just hop on occasionally and just make sure to check for updates just yeah. for that exact reason. Yeah, I'd gotten I because I had been doing that. I'd been leaving my mm-hmm. Xbox in standby mode so that it would update automatically, update automatically yeah. and then at some point the power must have gone out and i didn't turn it back on and yeah. so now i was several updates behind Oof. so one of these days i'm gonna get to dive into that with uh chris and robin and byron resident evil also reminded me there's something i forgot to mention it's uh it's a very small little like uh i i think it i think it's on mac too a pc game uh that is a resident evil 4 inspired or speci- specifically resident evil 4 inspired it's called save room and the entire it's a, just a small little puzzle game it's got like 40 or so levels of varying difficulty where the entire point is because a lot of people found uh, it was based on the fact that a lot of people found uh, just not even as like an official function just got a lot of like uh, uh, had a lot of fun or just enjoyed the aspect in Resident Evil 4 of maintaining your uh, your uh, your inventory. Oh my God, the inventory system. Yes, the the entire point of it is you are basically arranging items that you have, uh, and or you know refill you know reloading guns and stuff so that you can fit everything into the travel case, and get it fit into the into the space they want you to, and that's the entire game. And it's you and it's about I think it's only about five bucks. It, oh. Yeah. Uh, um, no, thank you, because I've played Resident Evil Four, and I had to introduce Kara when she was watching to the joys of. In a very tense moment, having to pause the game and bring up your inventory so that you can combine all your herbs and reload your weapons and clear up and, and play inventory management. Yeah. Like, okay, this one, this grenade only takes up one block. Yeah. I can move it up to clear up two blocks here so that I can grab this knife and get this shotgun. Oh, and I can combine all these things to make more shotgun ammo. And Jesus Christ. You were describing the exact fun- function slash appeal of the game. No, because that gives me PTSD. And <laughs> yeah, but I have there enough is, of that already. But there's outside of the atmosphere, there's no actual tenseness to it. It's just a puzzle game. No. Um, yeah. Okay. No. Well, well the, other, the other thing it reminded me was talking about uh, Mortal Kombat DLC. I forgot to mention there's DLC for Power Wash Simulator. Where they I did it. when they ported it to consoles, they gave uh, two free DLCs. One was uh, it was uh, the uh, it was a couple of locations and vehicles from final from the remaster of Final Fantasy VII that came out because Square Enix published it for them. And the other one was uh, the Croft Mansion from Lar- from Tomb Raider. Okay. So those came out free, and now they've released uh, a total of two different paid DLCs. The first one is locations from SpongeBob. Oh my god! <laughs> Buildings and look, and the How one do you power wash something underwater. Well, very carefully. Mm, yeah, I mean, basically, just how you do it in the show. Is, <laughs> I mean, they start fires on SpongeBob underwater, so I don't. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and the one that just came out, actually, uh, about a week or so ago, is Back to the Future. Really? Yes, specifically the DeLorean, and I think a couple of other locations from the show, from the movie. Well, we've got a few more minutes here, and we're, uh, I think, both wrapped up just about with our um, video game. So you, since you brought up SpongeBob, every once in a while, you know, I like to sprinkle in random stories okay. for our listeners, like the aforementioned, uh, you're blocking me, bitch, story. <laughs> I have never once sat down and watched a full episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Dave, they're 11 minutes. I know. <laughs> 
and even like when I was in college, it was extremely popular, even among college students. Yeah. Mostly who smoked a lot of pot. Well, to, basically, yeah. Uh, watch SpongeBob. There's a reason for this. Mm. So the summer of 2004, right after I graduated high school, but I hadn't gone to Winthrop yet mm-hmm. for college, I was dating this girl and went, uh, it was very early in our relationship. It wasn't a very long relationship, mm-hmm. but I went over to pick her up for dinner one night. And this was, as much as it pains me to say this, at a time before like texting was as readily available as it is currently. Right, yeah, before it was actually easy to do. Yeah, this was almost 20 years ago. Um, so I, we were gonna go out to dinner. I drove to her parents' house to pick her up. I knock on the door and who answers but her father in his boxers, a white tank top with his mullet hanging down past mm-hmm. his shoulders and a big old mustache and beard. And uh, he looks at me and my first thought was, do I have the right place? Like, what, what, what is fucking happening here? And uh, so I'm like, hey, I'm here to pick up. I won't say your real name. We'll just say... Um, I'm really bad with uh, making up pseudonyms on the spot. Um, her, her name was a month out of the year, so we'll call her January. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm here to pick up January for dinner. And he's like, oh, she's out with her mom shopping. You can come on in here and sit down. They'll be back in a few minutes. Okay, great. So I walk inside and sit down. The only open seating in this room was on the couch on which he had been sitting on which he (laughs) resumed sitting and what was on TV but Spongebob Squarepants this grown man was sitting there in his boxers and his tank top watching Spongebob so I sat there on the couch silently praying that January would show up as soon as humanly possible and as soon as she did I jumped up and was like great we gotta go we we got a reservation we didn't have a reservation that we gotta get to like right now bye (laughs) have not watched Spongebob to this day in fact if it's on I will avoid it for that specific traumatic reason understandable I I, I get that you know what I'm not gonna lie I mean I I enjoy animated stuff I like cartoons Um, I cannot imagine doing doing that to somebody like bringing them into my house is like here sit down just keep watching this with me also i'm not gonna put on pants no and i would have almost preferred it had been like the the stereotypical like this is the first time i met her dad or either of her parents by the way i would have almost rather it had been the stereotypical uh, you know pulling a gun what are you what are your intentions with my daughter kind of thing no, uh, it turns out that having to watch SpongeBob with your girlfriend's dad in his boxers is much more I, traumatic. I get it. That sticks with you. <laughs> it does. That was a nice little tangent there to round out the episode. <laughs> he just, um, you just, you just get, you get stuck somewhere watching like with SpongeBob playing in front of you. He just appears like a force ghost. Yeah, exactly. But not to offer advice. <laughs> anyway, so that is our video game topic. We'll be back in December. Uh, to round out the year. What did I say we were going to be talking about? I don't know, but it was a far more serious subject than I expected. <laughs> it w- oh, it was the three last, like, it was 2020 to now in retrospective, talking about uh, multimedia. Oh, right. Like, right. the effect that COVID had. That's why I kind of wanted this to be like a softball <laughs> episode before we got into another serious topic. Because there's going to be required reading for that one. <laughs> oh, I don't even think it's required I'm kidding, reading. I'm kidding. Um, 
Well, yeah, that's right. I'm glad you remembered that because there, there you go. There's the effect that COVID has had on me. The last three years have just been a fucking blur. Um, but and then a reminder: as you get older, that already starts happening. So I for know. I so th- for an event like that to also occur, it just really messes with you. And the pandemic just made that worse. Mm-hmm. But uh, I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask anyway. If uh, people want to follow you online, someplace other than an anti-Semitic hellhole. Uh, oh, where can they follow you at? I mean, I have an Instagram, but I don't want to share it. So, I, I think you should you should get on. You know, it's not like Threads is run by somebody <laughs> completely sane and not a fucking megalomaniac. But as far as we know, he's not anti-Semitic and telling his advertisers to oh, fuck okay. off. I, I was going to bring it up. It was like, first of all, as he learned that they were pausing their advertising, he was he was calling them evil, and then he and then he then he's like then in a pouty little uh, tantrum of an interview. He said they can go fuck themselves with his CEO in the audience. Also mentioning, yeah, Twitter's probably not going to survive. Anyway, hey, there's the CEO. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus, man. Jesus. So I'm going to need you and Robert, too. Robert, if you're listening to this, I'm going to need you guys to get more active on Instagram or threads or something. Look, if I could just get a blue sky invite, I'd toss that out there. But I don't even know what the hell that is. uh, The guy who the Jack, the guy who founded Twitter, went off and founded another social media site. But it's not open to the public yet. You can only get in via invite right now. Oh, and if I could get an invite code, I'd happily jump over there like most people fled from Twitter to do. That's because fair. it's basically Twitter, Twitter version two. Well, if you want to follow me online, you can do that on Instagram at DB Hensley. I'm trying to make my social media presence more of a presence um, since I, I mostly just lurk on every social media platform. Um, but I do post things on there, mostly pictures of my dogs, and you should look at them because they're adorable. Just don't be mean or he'll block you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Peace out.